Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Last Sunday after church, a few people came and shared testimonies of answered prayer. This morning when I got here, first person I spoke to, second person again, testimony about answered prayer. Come on, church. You know, we say we know about prayer, and we all think because we've done prayer before, we know all there is to know about it. Been there, bought the t-shirt, you know. But we can continue to grow in our understanding. It was the one thing that the disciples came to ask Jesus about. Amen? Now, you're allowed to say hallelujah in this house. You're allowed to say amen. You're allowed to say preach it, Steve. You need to say ouch, that hurts. Make my work too hard today, okay? So a little bit of participation isn't a bad thing. It hopefully doesn't cater to my insecurities. You know God's got a purpose for this church. He's got a purpose for your life. Everything he created is because he had a reason, a why, a purpose. And I think the only thing with premature death is is someone who lives a long, long life with no purpose. That's a tragedy. People go to the grave without knowing what the purpose was. And as I've been praying this week on this topic of prayer, being a month of upping our game in our prayer life, praying correctly, I've been so challenged around this thing of what is our purpose? What is, this, what is our reason? And as I've studied some of these texts, uh, I believe I've got something to share with you this morning that will change your life. Amen. If you will receive it, if you'll open up your heart and say, I'm going to really listen here. I'm going to hear in my heart. I believe this message can change how you view the rest of your life. Before I get to that, let me remind you of what the disciples said when they came to Jesus in Luke chapter 11 and verse 1. And it says, came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, saying he was, say he was praying. When he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. John was also taught his disciples. Lord, teach us to pray. Say, Lord, teach me to pray. You see, this is quite an intriguing passage of Scripture here. Because of all the things they could have asked him to teach. Come on. Teach us, Lord, how to cleanse the lepers. That would be spectacular. We'll get CNN and ENCA and Al Jazeera and all of them here. And show us how to cleanse the lepers. Show us how to and show us how to raise a few dead. Lord, we will be on the front page of time, front page of National Geographic. Your kingdom will come quickly. Wouldn't you like to have asked Jesus those questions? Teach us how to raise the dead. But the one time you found the disciples asking Jesus a question, Lord, teach us. Now, here's what I'm surmising from this. It says, after Jesus had spent some time, his disciples observed. You see, there's a thing of observation and deduction. If we are wanting to learn, we have to observe and then we deduce. 
and then we induce. That's how the reasoning, you know, if, if I observe it's rain and there's water, I deduce that I've got a leak in the roof. So I induce that in order that that doesn't happen in future, I've got to repair it. So, so the disciples have observed something, they've deduced something, that Jesus spent this quality time with his father before the sun came up. A practice he had been cultivating all his life, even working in his father's construction company. Jesus knew that to be powerful with men, you've got to be intimate. Jesus spent time in the presence of God, and when he came out of that time, he walked boldly. He walked with confidence, and he said things like, the son only does what he sees his father do. The son only says what he hears the father say. And those disciples, their mommies didn't raise fools. They watched this. And they had the one experience when Jesus was up on Mount Transfiguration where Father brought his son, demon-possessed, and they were doing everything they knew how to do. And come on, and Jesus, exhausted. Bartholomew, you take over. Matthew, you take over. Three hours later, Jesus comes down the mountain. The father says, I brought my son to your disciples, but they can't He says, pistol, out. And it's gone. Now the disciples observe this. And they say, Lord, what was with that? And he said, this only comes out by prayer. They had observed his prayer life. And something in them said, if we want to see the results in public, we've got to learn how to get with God in private. Because Jesus spends hours in private so that he doesn't have to spend hours in public. Some of us are facing challenges in our work situation. They take hours and hours. Some of us in our ministry situations, hours and hours. Some of us in family conflict, hours and hours. But they could be solved in minutes if we knew how to get with Jesus in private. Get with the Father. Get under the spout where the glory comes out. Amen. These disciples observed that Jesus went away even when it was quiet in the morning, before the sun rose. And they heard him praying on his own. They observed. They were eavesdropping. They knew he was having a time with the Father. Like they couldn't imagine, because obviously living under an inferior covenant, they didn't understand Abba. They didn't understand standing in righteousness. They didn't understand boldness to be into the throne room. They observed at a distance. They said, Jesus, that's the stuff we want to know. I don't know about you, but as a young Christian, I remember we used to have intercessory groups. Any of you have intercessory groups in your church? We used to have these little intercessory groups made up of some very, very senior ladies that used to meet on a Thursday night. Thank God for those women, because they, if it wasn't for them, I don't know what would have happened. But when you scripture, you don't find intercessory groups. But somehow we've relegated it to the professional intercessors so that we can absolve ourselves from being spiritual warriors. We are all called to intercede. We are all intercessors. Lord, teach us how to pray. So I ask myself the question, Lord, what is it with us that, I mean, for most people, a lot of people have lost confidence in prayer. Honestly. 
What, I mean, it's a form of insanity to do the same thing over and over and expect another result if you're not getting a result. Hello? I know, don't look at me in that spiritual tone of voice. I know who's out there. And we pray into something and we don't see results. The other challenge with prayers is that we go, well, God is sovereign, which means he can do what he likes when he likes, so he doesn't need little old me. And anyway, what's the point of praying if it's not what he wants to do, he won't do it anyway. And then we look into a, you're done, Lord. What's your business? Please, I'm going to get on with the business. Hello? People have become, they've lost their confidence in prayer. And this is why the scripture says, don't pray amiss. And we're looking at principles over this month and saying, it's pointless praying for hours and hours and telling God what he already knows and hoping he'll do something that he told us he's already done. We just go on and talk in circles with God and think because of the less we're going to get more answers. When actually prayer is all about intimacy, heart connecting with Jehovah, that when we get his word, we go out and speak it. We say to the beast of the mountain, you get up and move. You mountain of, of uh, uh, aggression in my church, you out in Jesus' name. It's when we're walking with a boldness and an authority. God is sovereign. God can do what he wants, when he wants. But somehow God has also limited himself, given himself self-imposed limitations to what he said he will do. So there's some things God can't do. God sin. And God can't do Because if he contradicts them, we can't trust him. So look at the scripture in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And then God said, Let us make man in our image according to darkness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps. Say with me, let them have dominion. God said, let them have dominion. In the earth. He put man in an earth suit. Human was humus. Spirit, man of earth. He put spirit in an earth suit that became a level. And they had illegitimate authority to subdue and rule the earth. Bodiless spirits are illegitimate on planet earth. That's why they have to host. And if someone offers a host long enough, they will get a host. Even the snake got a host, became a host. And the very word that God had given to them came under contradiction because of a lie that Satan sold to Eve. And she agreed with that. Her husband agreed with it. And ever you agreed to prepare to step into the earth and snap the snake's neck because God is spirit. And he chose to work through body, humus, man, a human on earth. And we were partners that would agree with him to see his kingdom established on the sand. The vision was for worshipping God in communities from Eden to spread into new Edens and for the beauty of communities that loved one progress. You know, rocket can only believe is going to be in heaven one day. And a whole planet of worshippers territorialized the earth. Everywhere they put their feet, step by step by step. It wasn't hard for Adam. He wasn't, you know, when we think of Adam instructed to till the garden, he wasn't pushing around all day. Oh, great purpose. God had this awesome as Adam pushing a lawnmower all day. No, man. 
Adam was like moving in supernatural cooperation with God. Yes, Lord, you want waterfalls and, and ponics and hydroponics and uh, come here, come check out. Rainbow, river, stream. No, that doesn't fit there. Cut, copy, drag, drop, kick. Oh, that's much better. Cool of the day. God, you've got to see what we did today. Oh, you're planning every moment of them. And he chose to work through whom us, man. Spirits are illegitimate when they try and operate on the planet without a body. So Satan lies, Eve believes, but then goes wrong. Look at this. Genesis chapter 3. Somewhere in Genesis chapter 3, 15, I think. Says to Satan, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. That is the evangelum, the first, the, the beginning of the gospel. The beginning of the crimson thread of blood that would flow to the cross from Genesis. God was becoming personally involved, making a promise. Satan, in the same way that you use the woman to agree with you, and in so doing, you empowered a lie on earth that has brought titanic destruction. I'm going to use a woman. Women are powerful. I'll say it again. Women are powerful. And I'm going to find a woman of faith, someone who's going to say, yes, Lord, at your word, let it be. Does that sound familiar? In fact, I think I've got that scripture somewhere. Is it in the, in the, the next verse coming up? Just give me my next verse. Ah, the angel answers and said to her, the Holy Spirit come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative of age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For God nothing will be impossible. But then Mary goes on and says, Ah, behold, servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Can you say that this morning? Let it be to me. Let it be to me according to your word. That agreement came. God had already made provision through a promise in Genesis that he was going to borrow a woman's womb to get on the inside and knit himself a human body that he was going to be called Jesus. The Maf, the Ruach, the Spirit, the Numa. The Christ would enter, and in that womb, this Jesus, Christ, Jesus the vehicle, the flesh suit, the Adam, the last Adam, would be filled with Christ, God's Spirit, who would come into this world legally operating as a man in righteousness for the first time since first Adam, a man without condemnation for the first time since first Adam, a man who knew to declare the kingdom of God is coming back to this planet. And it's starting right now and right here. And Jesus went around, anointed by the Holy Spirit, bringing subjugation against the enemy and the demonic hosts that had illegally plotted to invade God's creation. And God Almighty found a vehicle to come 
and love with, with preachers and ministers. And let's just admire them and write books only to be disappointed. Jesus didn't even come to be admired or to be put on a pedestal. He came to show how a man in right authority with God, walking in righteousness, can live. His death and burial, his death and his shed blood was for the sins of the world to turn the events of time. And in that moment when Jesus died, he breathed out. Bible says, and he breathed. It said, receive my spirit. Numa. His body, Jesus, not sleeping, not in a swoon. His body was dead. And Christ did not the day. The keys are mine. And I'm taking back all authority. And you can imagine the devil saying, you're operating illegally, Jesus. You're not allowed to come here. You had to have a body to come here. Yeah, yeah, it's just waiting. No, no, you're, you're not. You had to die. And in order to die, you had to be a, a man with sin. Yes, I became the sin of the world. Every sin was imputed to me. And that body is lying dead. But I'm here. I'm here to take some stuff back, to lead captivity captive. He said, Abraham, Moses, Jacob, Elijah, Esau, Enoch, come, we're going south's bosom into the glory of paradise. And there he said, I've got some business. I'm going to go back to earth and just change a few things. And they said, yeah, but you need a body. He said, kick open in the tomb, went out, met with these disciples, taught them over the days. And then he said, I am going to go. I will ascend. His hair like lightning, his eyes like fire, his voice like a body. His body that these my eyes can't even conceive or understand. Or, I, I'm going to the Father, but, but, but don't be, I'm going to come back one day in this body, but, but don't feel orphaned. Wait for the promise that my Father said. What was the promise? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will quicken your mortal body. Jesus says, I'm going away, but I'm coming soon. Don't understand that. And God's spirit is Christ's spirit. And Jesus says, I'm going back down to earth, and I'm going to continue the started. And all the angels said, but hang on, hang on, hang on. Remember the part about bodies uh, being illegal and just a bit in God giving himself a self-imposed restriction, not a deal in the face of man without a body. Jesus says, you want to see a body? It's made up of those who put their faith in me from every tribe, every tribe, every language, every age, every people group, men, women, young, old, who put their faith in me. My spirit will legally invade them and will live in them. And they're going to opinion like I gave to man what Whatsoever place you put your foot, I will give to you. Whatsoever things you bind on earth, Will be in heaven. You bind things on degrees, praying in the word of God and with the authority of faith. When you bind on earth, will be bound in heaven. When you loose on earth, you will loose in heaven. Friend, can you see why we need with God in so we can be found to execute against his powers of this world? Come on, you can give the Lord a praise for that. Prayer needs to come to a new understanding. I'm saying, Lord. If I just got to, after this month, believe about prayer like I did three months ago. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was okay. Got the job done. But Lord, please, I want to be discipled. 
It means I want to grow. I hope you want to grow. I hope you're saying, Lord, teach me how to pray. I hope you're not saying, oh, no, I've done that, did that, went, I think, bought a T-shirt, uh, you know. Here's where I want to land this this morning. And I know this is going to play with some of your theologies. God needs you. And I believe that, or believe what I said. Say, God needs me. Christian life is all, God, I need you, God, I need you. And I do all things. God needs you. Listen, steeped in the sovereignty. Get behind me, Satan. God will do whatever he wants to do, when, and how, when, and who to who. Don't you say God has to need us or anything like that. God contradict his word. If he said, I've given you dominion to walk in authority, why didn't he climb in and snap the snake's neck? Come on. He wouldn't have had, the snake wouldn't have had a leg to stand on if God had... <laughs> intervened in the, in the affairs of man. No, God didn't. He limited himself and made a promise and then took on a body and then walked in authority that he gave to man and then he said, all authority has been given to me. Now you go into all the earth and you preach this message and you make disciples and you tell it you until the very end. Can you see church? We stand up. We have purpose. God needs you. Say that with me. God needs me. He has called me again. He has called me to himself, given to move mountains. Come in, do you gonna move sickness? I come against you, and you're gonna move. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise this morning. I believe this. I believe this. 